Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Hey, where's my little music? I can't start my show without my little jingle. I'm a man. Yes. Oh, well. There you go. Thank you. Huh. Now we got a show. Phew. Hi, everybody. It is a new day in America. Once again, thank you to Elon Musk. Uh, Wow, wow, wow. And by the way, I think, I don't know what the hell happened, but somehow I am getting credited as having broken the news to the world that this was a done deal. Uh, I was kind of yesterday putting everything together. I could see what direction it was going. He was going to get it. And I just said, okay, it looks to me like he's got it. And I'm like, congratulations to Elon Musk. You did it. And then news agencies all over the world are like, Greg Kelly confirms. <laughs> As first reported by Greg Kelly and, uh, you know, four million retweets later. Uh, anyway, um, nice to be a small part of history, I guess. But all the credit goes to Elon Musk. Now, look, I know 95% of you don't have Twitter accounts and you think it's just a it's a big waste of time. And who cares what I'm eating for lunch? Right. Because all the trivial junk that people put on Twitter. It's a big freaking deal. And even if you are not on Twitter, you are affected by it. Oh, yes. The cultural elites, they are controlling our culture. And it trickles down to you and me, baby. It really does. They, through all sorts of advanced mathematics and science and trickery, uh, they emphasize what they don't and they minimize what they, they emphasize what they like and they minimize what they don't like. And you know what it was all in reaction to? Donald Trump, because he was so good at Twitter. Oh, man, was he good at Twitter. And they hated that about him, didn't they, right? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Where is Donald Trump saying that he's really good at Twitter? It's, um, uh, try this one. Cut 46, please. Tweeting happens to be a modern-day form of communication. I mean, you can like it or not like it. I have, between Facebook and Twitter, I have almost 25 million people. It's a very effective way of communication. Yes, it is. And it worked for him. How do you think he beat 15 professional politicians? Jeb Bush, Mitt Romney, all the rest? By talking directly to us. Now, I don't have a Twitter account. Well, he was still talking directly to you because his Twitter, his tweets were so significant, so powerful, that the fake news was forced to cover it. So the fake news could not pursue their own agenda, although they tried. They had to pursue and report Donald Trump's agenda. It was genius. I had never given Twitter any thought. It was invented in 2009. Six years go by. Did one politician take advantage of it? Did one politician see its uh, application? You know, just talk. Look, politics is tough. Politics is, what do they say? It ain't beanbag, right? Politics is a brutal sport. Well, then go ahead and be brutal. Sorry. Every other fake politician says, I will fight for you. Right? How many times have you heard that? I'm going to fight for you. And then they get there, and they're all congressional. They're very senatorial. They're very gubernatorial. Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. That would not be gubernatorial. That would not be presidential. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. There's a new culture out there, a new way to do things. We don't have time anymore for the niceties, okay? And you can be an absolute zero and hide behind all those niceties. Look, bottom line, he was very good at Twitter. It drove them crazy. So they took it from him. And 
possibly worse, and this is before he lost his Twitter, people like me, people who supported them, him, we were minimized. We were shadow banned. We were um, censored. We were in big ways and small. Most importantly, big ways. Like, hey, Hunter Biden in November, when was that? October of 20, one of the great newspapers of the land, the New York Post, gets a hold of the laptop hard drive. And, oh, boy, what stories are in there. What sordid, horrible things Hunter did, apparently for his father. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. All right? All that money, the drugs. I'm sorry. You know, this might not have been good timing for Democrats, but when the hell has that ever stopped the media from reporting a story? Hey, remember, what was it, the Access Hollywood tape? When you're a star, you can do anything, right? You can grab them by the whatever, right? And by the way, that tape, it's another thing to talk about. Everybody was so, so incensed by the tape. If you listen carefully, number one, he's telling the truth. And number two, he's saying only with consent. He's saying that I'm a star. When you're a star, they will do anything. They will let you do anything. It's, it, it was misread by everybody. Now, look, it was not nice language. It was, you know, tough talk, uh, backroom, locker room, yes. And he did apologize. But screw it, all right? Screw it. And they timed that story to do maximum damage. So what if they came up with the laptop at the time to do maximum damage? Although they didn't. If you actually follow what happened, the guy at the MacBook store, when he gave it to the FBI, the FBI did nothing. You know, the timing actually was the timing. It wasn't like this big political uh, calculation or strategy. So you take a story like that offline. You suddenly make it a criminal, a criminal manner to doubt or question Dr. Fauci? This is America, land of the second opinion, right? Why the hell can't we question Dr. Fauci? What's the big deal about Dr. Fauci? Well, suddenly he became the most, um, I don't know, divine presence in all of America. And why? Because he stuck it to Trump. So if I stuck it to Fauci, I got shadow banned, I got minimized, I got threatening letters, I got cease and desist orders. It was totally crazy. You know how close we were to a police state, a socialist police state? I'd been to Russia. I was in Russia when it was communist in the 1980s, when they followed you around, when you had to worry about what you said. Well, we were there, and I didn't like it. And I like where we are right now a hell of a lot more. And I've been shooting my mouth off like crazy on Twitter, talking about the stolen election. Yeah, relax. Don't call the cops. I think it might have been stolen. I think this ivermectin thing, whatever it is, the uh, it's not horse medication. It's been around for a long time. We should try that if the doctor says it's okay. And your doctor might disagree with my doctor. And both of them might disagree with Dr. Fauci. And this is America. And you're allowed to. We don't have to worry about our jobs for the health care decisions we make, right? Suddenly we did. Suddenly we did. Hunter Biden, crack addict son of the president of the United States. Everybody knows it. He's wheeling and dealing and double dealing with China and Ukraine. And it's banned from the Internet. Who the hell makes that decision? Huh? Who does? Mark Zuckerberg? Mark? You know, the president was right over the weekend. He said, there's a Democrat congressman in trouble in Texas. Now, he's in trouble, number one, because... 
he's been critical of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden for not taking the border issue seriously. So what do they do? They unleash the FBI on this guy. And you know how complicated it is raising money? You need a full-time finance director. You need a full-time deputy finance director. You need all these people and lawyers just to make sure everything following all these convoluted laws and rules. And they can catch you because everybody makes a mistake. What's the limit? How much money can you give? $5,000 to a candidate? Mark Zuckerberg gave half a billion dollars, and that's legal. Huh? What the hell kind of system is this? Spread all that. I am really looking forward to Dinesh D'Souza's movie. Oh, that's something else I should tweet about. Dinesh D'Souza. What a great American, and he's got this new movie. What's it called? 10,000 Mules? It's, it looks fabulous. It's about these, well, election irregularities. And, oh, by the way, there were. There were. The other thing about Twitter, look, they bent over backwards to protect Joe Biden. How the hell do you run for president from the safety of your basement and get away with it? Hmm? Are you crazy? There's... So I already can feel the difference. And, look, maybe, maybe you're not on Twitter. But maybe you do get your news potentially, you know, from the nightly news, ABC news, the local news, right? All these people are addicted to Twitter, all right? And they let Twitter do the editing for them. And they're not going to do anything that's going to minimize their mm, impact or the number of followers on Twitter. They're not. They even can have that effect on conservatives. Even me, actually. There were certain areas I, was, I had to tread very lightly. I did. I fought. But it's a new day. I got – everything's different now on Twitter. Everything's different. I got 40,000 new followers. It's, we, we've been unshackled. We were shackled, and now we're unshackled. Will Donald Trump go to Twitter, back to Twitter? I don't know. The fake news is probably going to try to make it uh, somehow illegal. Uh, Let's see here. Here's the fake news exaggerating and lying, going on and on and on about how dangerous Donald Trump's Twitter is. Twitter. It's just a couple of words on his screen. How can that be dangerous, huh? Cut 47, please. It's jaw-dropping and downright scary and dangerous. And Donald Trump's Twitter account increasingly is becoming a national security threat. And he is a big person, a bully on Twitter. And essentially doubled down, boasting about the statement that he made on Twitter. Um, Is this the Donald Trump effect of trying to be outrageous? I mean, this is is dangerous. Trump's addiction to Twitter is... Not only politically counterproductive, uh, it is dangerous on many levels, including uh, to national security. I want to shine a spotlight on showing how dangerous uh, Trump and his Twitter button can be. Wow. How dangerous. How dangerous. What's the most dangerous thing that he tweeted, huh? Let me see here. Uh, Here he is telling everybody to go home in peace. Now, is that dangerous? Remember when he told everybody to go home in peace? How is that dangerous? The only threat he posed was to them, the swamp, the establishment. That's what they couldn't stand. Oh, boy, they hated him for that. All right, what else is going on? Hey, what happened at Yankee Stadium? A bunch of fans uh, got into it with the outfielder, right? All right, Kevin, you know about this. First of all, here's John. Hey, how much are these damn tickets? If you want to throw... 
a soda on the field, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. We just went through Black Lives Matter, uh, two years of this nonsense, and it was all celebrated. A couple of fans, I think they threw hot dogs on the field, right? Was it that bad? What was yeah, it? they threw hot dogs on the field. They threw beers at multiple uh, Cleveland Guardians You're players. You're supposed to do that at a ball game. And what else? Um, well, the game ended uh, with a walk-off in the ninth inning for a great Yankees win, and what they're starting mean, to be chirping the, from the fans. What does that mean, a walk-off a walk-off win? They won at the last, the very last moment the Yankees won. At the end of the game, they were able to win the game, and, and you mean all the, the bottom, fans were very excited. The bottom of the ninth, they won. Yes. They struck the guy out. Yes. Why do they call that a walk-off? Because that, that was the end of the game. The game was tied up, and because the Yankees you know, took the lead with the last possible... Uh, the right, last half of the game. All right, walk-off sounds anticlimactic. It sounds like they, I don't know, it sounds just like, I don't know, they got to change that. One of the many boring things, you see, even the name of the victory, of a, of a spellbinding victory is boring, a walk-off. All right, so then they, and the, the fans were happy, right? Yeah, the fans were very happy, um, but there were some words exchanged from fans to some of the Cleveland players that, uh, you know, heard racial slurs and everything. Oh, wait a second. Now, who the hell's saying that? This, it, they're playing the race card? Bull S-H-I, you know what? Who the hell said that? Who the hell said that? Bunch of Yankees fans. There was a lot of video Wait out a there. second. Yankees fans are co- complaining about the... No, no, no. I'm saying like no, the argument The Guardians between. are saying the Yankee fans were racist, right? Quote saying they're the worst fan base on the planet. Well, that's fine. I mean, that just means we're very enthusiastic for our own team. I don't care if they say that. But you just said they, they racist slurs. I believe so. I will double-check on yeah, the videos, be careful but there with is that video. One. Be careful with that because I don't believe it. And by the way, because New York is not like that. And number two, if you look at the Yankees, you know, half of them are from the Dominican Republic, for crying out loud. It doesn't matter. We don't care about that stuff. We care about how well you hit. Here's John Sterling. This guy, is this... What's his deal, anyway? He's one of the announcers for the Yankees, and I think he gets really upset here. Lighten up, John. Let's hear this. Cut two. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. That's fine. Now somebody threw something on the field. Oh, my God. And the Indians are all running out to right center. And the Yankees are, too. I mean, that ruins what would be a great Yankee comeback. Does not. The Yankees have run out there and telling the fans, stop throwing things. Throwing oh, I think that's disgraceful. Disgraceful. That's not Yankee Stadium. Those aren't Yankee fans. Oh, shut up. Wait, I want to hear the rest of it. Does he? Oh, that's it? Oh, lighten up. Was he decrying Black Lives Matter and the rioting and the looting, huh? No, was that social justice? That doesn't ruin anything. They threw a couple of popcorn. Hey, I I remember the 1977 World Series uh, when the Yankees won, and they basically basically lit a bonfire in the outfield. I mean, this is nothing. I got to see the video. Is it good video? How much stuff, Kevin? What did they throw out? Huh? All right. You can't see it either. It's all right. I'm over it. Yankee fans, they didn't arrest anybody, did they? That's good. Hey, I think we're out of time. Are we? Is it time? It's time. All right. Wait, what are you saying one second for? One second until what? You're all right. Uh, Let me straighten things up back there. I'll be right back. I'll be right back, everybody. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. 
Dr. Oz, Dr. Mehmet Oz, the Republican candidate that I like for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, he's running like crazy. He's got a lot of energy. He's got so much ability, so much accomplishment, huh? MD, uh, MBA, uh, Columbia University residency, a cardiothoracic surgeon for crying out loud, huh? All kinds of papers published, special research done, fellowships, this, that, the other thing. And, oh, by the way, a mega successful talk show for, like, what, 15, 20 years. Uh, This guy brings a hell of a lot to the table. All right, so I saw the debate last night. It was between him and the other Republicans running for Senate. Uh, Very, very weak field. Uh, A lot of swamp folks, wannabe swamp folks like dishonest Dave McCormick. Yeah, I think he's dishonest. Yeah, I think a guy who uh, wears a fleece to work as a hedge fund guy. That's great if you want to uh, make as much money as you possibly can for yourself and your family. Have at it. God bless you. But don't go around pretending that you're some sort of altruist, okay, that you're some sort of – you know, public servant, give me a break. The guy's a phony baloney. But what really galled me, I didn't actually notice at first. My wife was watching a little bit of this. And uh, what we saw was the moderators were calling Dr. Oz, Mr. Mr. Oz, Mr. Oz, follow up. Mr. Oz, question. How do you see Mr. Oz? And the other ones were calling him Mehmet, his first name. I can see that as a candidate. You don't want to build up your opponent. That's fine. Uh, who did that in a presidential debate? It was actually kind of cool. Um, but if you're up against an incumbent, you don't necessarily fall all over yourself saying, Mr. President, that's the one area where you could probably get away with it in a debate when you're running yourself. But the moderators calling him Mr. Oz. Now, what in the hell is that? And I looked up these two nitwits, one from uh, local news in Pittsburgh, the other one local news in Harrisburg. Harrisburg, there's a town. Uh, <laughs> look, I've been to Harrisburg. You know what I mean. It's no great shakes. That's okay. I love small town America. I lived in Meridian, Mississippi for uh, two years. One of the best two years of my life. New Bern, North Carolina, Pensacola, Florida, Milton, Florida, Yuma, Arizona, all these little towns. And the big takeaway was these little towns, um, are kind of just like the big towns. They really are. The big difference between New York and say Harrisburg or Yuma, Arizona We like to go out, the young people at least, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can go out every night of the week. In the rest of the country, you basically go out on Friday and Saturday nights, if that. Here we have more things to do. But you know what? Everybody's doing the same damn thing. They are. Watching TV, watching those silly shows on Netflix. And unfortunately, more and more, getting high, getting my drink on. Oh, yeah, getting my drink on. Remember when that was a cool thing to say? Getting my drink on. I'm going to get my drink. Shut up. You make it sound like that's, uh, I don't know, you're (laughs) sort of very strange. Um, He's a doctor, okay? Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Anchorman there in uh, the Pennsylvania debate. And the Philadelphia Inquirer, the New York Times, also they are diminishing his major medical accomplishments. Now, why are they doing that? Because he's MAGA. Because he's with Trump, and Trump is with him. And what do they do? They try to destroy you. They try to take away everything you have. You can't do it. They try. They make themselves look ridiculous. They make themselves look jealous. Yes, they do. They look small, petty, and nasty. To not call Dr. Oz a doctor. And you know who they do call a doctor? They fall all over themselves calling Jill Biden Dr. Jill Biden. Dr. Jill Biden. Yeah. 
Joe Biden's wife, a doctor? No, she's not. She's a, what the hell does she do again? Community college, something or other? I mean, not a doctor. Not a doctor. The fake news calls her a doctor, and they don't call Dr. Oz a doctor. Something is seriously warped and crazy, and I just thank God that I don't have to play by their sick rules. You know what I mean? Because they are sick. Hey, Marianne calls a lot from Philadelphia. I sure hope you're with Dr. Oz. Marianne, hello. Hello. How are you, Greg? All right. First things first. How do you feel about Oz? Oh, I think Oz is good. I think, I, you know, I think he's a good man. He's decent. And? You're gonna... well, I just think he's, I think he's a good pick. All right. You're going to vote for him, right? Yeah. Uh, he's... I'm going to pick this up after the break. i got to make sure you're sincere, Marianne. Hold on. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, let me pick up there with uh, Marianne one more time. Marianne, you were, uh, I don't know. You really yeah. with Dr. Oz? I'm counting on you. Yeah. I figure, you know, he's a man. He, he saves people. You know, he's a heart surgeon. And he realizes how fragile life is. And he deals with people most of his life. I mean, he's, he's, uh, I think he's just a good pick. It's a great way to look at it. It's a great way that he can save a life. I mean, talk about a practical skill. I can fly a plane, uh, which I think is pretty cool. He can save a life. Now, what the hell can uh, Dave McCormick do? What can Lois do? What can any of those people do who I've never heard of before? I don't don't, don't know, but I I just think Dr. Oz has uh, the heart. The heart of a lion, more or less. Uh, you have, uh, I think he's won you over, too. He's really been there on the ground, and people are impressed. All right, Marianne, what uh, what can I do for you? Uh, Obama's speech. You said something was off with his speech. You didn't like, he said uh, something about quackery and all this other Yeah, actually, crap. I got it right here, actually. I played a clip of it last night. You want to hear it? No, I heard it last night. Well, uh, okay, wait, I want to bring it up. Let me bring everybody up to speed here. Uh, Because, quite frankly, um, well, I hate to say it. I love to hate this guy. I just can't. I just, and his phoniness is so obvious. And there he is on the beach making a billion dollars, walking on the beach for so many millions of dollars from Netflix to make a phony documentary. But here's what he said just last week about censorship. Yeah, Uh, cut 49. All we see is a constant feed of content where useful, factual information and happy diversions and cat videos flow alongside lies, conspiracy theories, junk science, quackery, white supremacists, racist tracts, misogynist screeds. And over time, we lose our capacity to distinguish between fact, opinion, and wholesale fiction. Wholesale fiction. So uh, he goes to make this speech in Silicon Valley. Now, by the way, who the hell likes misogyny? I don't. Who the hell likes white supremacy? I don't. I I don't like. But who's to decide, man? Who is going to decide what's fact and what's fiction? Mark Zuckerberg? Huh? No. We can't. We no. It's beyond him. And quite frankly, it's not just what facts are. It's what you do with those facts. What import do you give those facts? What perspective, context do you present those facts in? And. Quite frankly, that's not up to any authority. 
It's not. I don't want anybody to have that authority. Stay the hell out of it. But Obama wants people to. He thinks the worst of us, Marianne. He really does. He has no regard for us. Did you hear? This is he, he pretends to be a Springsteen fan. My foot, by the way. Although I don't like Springsteen either, quite frankly. I never could figure out that Board of the USA song is okay, I guess. More because of the video than the song. And that's it. I don't think Bruce is all that. Going to these silly concerts. And I've been to 55 Bruce Springsteen concerts. Um, Here he is. He's sitting down with Bruce Springsteen talking about Clarence Clemens. And listen to how Obama says it. No, by the way, Bruce agrees with him. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing commentary. And it's sick. Uh, Let's see here. Cut 50. In an ideal world, what Bruce and Clarence portrayed on stage was essentially a reconciliation, right? That's right. But most of your audiences were primarily white. And they can love Clarence when he's on stage, but if they ran into him in a bar, suddenly the N-word comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Clarence Clemens, the late great saxophonist, who I love, by the way. Oh, my life, you are a friend of mine. Remember that song? Daryl Hannah was in the video. Great guy. But I'm sorry, when we see him at the gas station, we're going to use the N-word. That's what he thinks of us. That's what he thinks of America. The country that elected a totally unqualified, nobody senator. And why did we do that, Barack, Barry, whatever the hell your name is? We did it because you're black. That's it. You think we're racist? We're desperate, desperate to promote people like you. Desperate. Wow, Harvard Law School. Wow, can deliver a speech. Wow, can show up on time. Wow, what an amazing guy. Now, there are 75 people in this building just like that, but we freaked out because it was you. The intriguing name... Yeah, the offbeat backstory, your dad from wherever, your mom this, your grandparents that, some boring book that you wrote, and we were all in. All in, even me, in 2008. What a schmuck. Me, for voting for you. The most divisive person I can imagine in that job. What he did to race relations, What how he... He wants us at each other's throats, and he damn near succeeded in flaming the situation in Ferguson, exaggerating, lying about Trayvon Martin. Why did he do that? You know, because he was losing support with liberals, with woke liberals, and he'd do anything to get it all back. What a guy, huh? The N-word, huh? Yeah, Clarence Clemens. Yes, Bruce fans would just whip out the N-word. Any black person, yeah, N-word, right? That's who we are? Are you serious? Hey, stay on the beach with your billions of dollars. You know, you could be worrying about young men of color. And you should be, quite frankly, because they're vanishing. They are vanishing. And you're not doing a damn thing about it. And you know it's a problem, which is worse. Worse. Here we go. What's Barack Obama doing? Not breaking a sweat. Unless, of course, he's working on his suntan, which he seemed to be doing as he's strolling down the beach in Hawaii. Listen to this crap. Cut 51. I want to make sure that the world's wild spaces are there for my kids and my grandkids. 
Join me in the celebration of our planet's greatest national parks and wilderness. A journey through the natural wonders of our shared birthright. Uh, I've already seen that show. I saw it when I was uh, in second grade on Channel 13. Okay? <laughs> this is a vehicle for Netflix to give him money. And I'm really grateful, by the way, that uh, Netflix is taking a bit of a dive. huh? Hey, did you hear about the young kid? Little kid, three-year-old, adorable kid. Shot, father, shield. Let me see if I can find this. He's a most adorable kid. It really bothered me over the weekend when I saw this. Yasmeen Jenkins, used by his father as a human shield in 2019 Philadelphia shooting, dies. Okay, you got Barack Obama on the speech. And when I said young men of color, I also mean young children of color. Like this little tyke. This beautiful little boy, Yasmeen Jenkins. Listen to this. New York Post. A toddler who prosecutors say was used as a human shield by his con artist father during a 2019 drug-related shooting in Philadelphia died on Tuesday. Yasmin, I'm sorry, Yasim Jenkins, three years old, was just 11 months old when he was shot in the head, neck, and buttocks after his father, Nafes Monroe, allegedly tried to buy drugs with counterfeit cash in the city's Hunting Park section, officials have said. The alleged shooter, Francisco Ortiz, 29, opened fire on Monroe's car after the drug deal went sour, striking Jenkins, who was in the back seat, authorities have said. We are awaiting a medical examiner's report on the cause of death, but we have reason to believe the cause of death is his original injury from that shooting, Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner said at a press conference Friday. A Larry, by the way, is part of the problem. This freaking guy. He's one of those Soros nut job, let them all go prosecutors. Don't prosecute. <laughs> oh, I'll have to follow up on that part of the story. Ortiz was expected to be charged with murder in the tot's death if it is ruled a homicide by the coroner. After the shooting, Monroe had been charged with recklessly endangering another person and endangering the welfare of a child. You got to see this picture. It is the most adorable little kid. Our investigation has led us to believe that he intentionally had his child with him when he was making such types of purchases with the idea or belief that if someone saw that he had a child in the car, they would not fire upon him. Anthony Vachi of the district attorney's office said at the time, a human shield is probably the term I would use. Less than 24 hours after Yassim was shot, the same weapon was used to shoot another baby, police said. Nicoletta Rivera... Two years old. Oh, my God. Died after suspects shot her in the back of the head while opening fire on her North Philadelphia home. Cops alleged Ortiz gave the killers the firearm he used to shoot Yassim, according to local news reports. Now, that's the kind of thing that keeps you up at night, right? That's the kind of thing you hopefully never forget. I... I, there's something about this picture, all that hope and innocence in this young man's eyes, little boy. Now, this is a crisis happening every single day. And this is new in America. And what's Barack Obama up to again? I'm sorry. Uh, 
What, what, what was he doing on that beach? Cut I want to make sure that the world's wild spaces are there for my kids and my grandkids. Huh. Join me in this celebration How about of Yassim? our planet's greatest national parks and wilderness. A journey through the natural wonders. Yeah, the park's going to be there. Place. What about this kid? You phony baloney fool. We gave you so much, this country did. You got to the Senate in January of 2005. January of 2005. In February of 2007, he has the audacity, the audacity, and I don't mean it in the fun way you do. I mean it in the negative way. You had the audacity to run for president two years and two months into the job. You know, (laughs) Biden really does hate Obama. He had been there 36 years. This guy runs two years and wins and wins. So he could be making a real difference. And he could have made a real difference. Again, if Barack Obama would, I don't know what the hell, open up the Barack Obama Conflict Resolution Center with branches in New York City, Chicago, Oakland, uh, you name it. You know, go to the hotspots. Baltimore, roll up his damn sleeves, take off, take out his cufflinks, all right? Stop working out twice a day. Here's another thing about him. He's so lean. You know what I mean? This guy takes excessive care of himself. I can tell. He's just, and you get to a certain age and you're working your ass off, you're going to have a bit of a pot belly. Yeah, I don't like it, but it's, a, it's, it, what, it's what comes when you're working your ass off. And he's not. How many yachts can you water ski behind? Gordon? I mean, Barack? Remember that? That was good. All right. Oh, wait. Is it time? It's time. Give me a second. Hold on. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, boy, do I sound too angry? I don't want to sound angry. I just, uh, well, you can look at my Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA. I got this kid's picture up. It's, I put it up on Saturday. You know, really adorable kid at the bottom of a slide. And I don't know if I would have maybe reacted this way had I not been a father myself. You just think about it and all that hope. And he's, and I think it can, I think if we were truthful, I think if we stopped talking about phantoms, the phantom of white supremacy, hmm? It's a phantom. That's not the problem here, okay? I deplore it. I decry it. I want it gone even more than it already is, and it's barely out there, all right? Four guys in the woods. It's just, it's really, really, it's heartbreaking, actually. I looking, I'm looking at Eric Adams now give his uh, speech. Boy, oh, boy, he does not know how to. I'm sorry, for a guy who knows how to dress, he doesn't know how to dress. He overdoes it. I saw him on 60 Minutes over the weekend. He was wearing a three-piece suit. I mean, it looked like he walked out of 1870. It had stripes. The vest was double-breasted, cufflinks, bracelets, you name it. And do we have that? He said all kinds of silly things. It just, And, of course, they're not really putting him to the test. Uh, Chris in Monroe. Hi, Chris. Hey, Greg. Yeah, hey, man. You know what? You were talking about uh, um, Dr. Oz, okay, who's a legitimate doctor, and then you have 
Dr. Bill Biden, who, as far as I'm concerned, is not a doctor, but I kind of go back to like February, every February, all I hear about is Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, he also has a niece who they call Dr. whatever her name is, King, and neither one of them are a doctor. I mean, I think one is a doctor, has a doctor in, uh, uh, I'm not sure, religion or something, but but they constantly refer to them as doctors. Why is that? Uh, turn me back on. Yeah, uh, uh, good point. What is Dr. Martin Luther King, a uh, who, by the way, I'm a fan of, um, you know, judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Who couldn't love that? You know who doesn't love that? The woke left. Uh, let's see here. He has a uh, Boston University Ph.D. Uh, what does he have the Ph.D. in? Well, a Ph.D. is, uh, you can call yourself a doctor because what's her name? Jill Biden does not have a Ph.D. She has an EDH. It's different and less prestigious. And she really shouldn't be calling herself a doctor outside of an academic setting. Uh, it's the kind of thing you put on some research paper, but you don't go around calling yourself doctor. So, um, look, he's got a PhD. That's fine. I don't have a. I have no quarrel with that. And sometimes they call him Martin Luther King. I I, I always hear Martin Luther King Day. Quite frankly, I don't hear Doctor Martin Luther King Day. You know. Well, but back to Oz. Can you believe it? They're calling him Mister Mister Oz. These that silly blow dried uh, airhead anchors and anchorettes calling Doctor Oz Mister. I mean, come on. Anyway, what's going on up there in Monroe? That's an interesting little town. That's uh, it's not far from the city, but it's very much country, right? Well, it used to be. I, I, I've been here on and off most of my life. It was very rural at one time, but it was like a commuter heaven for cops and firemen for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now it's a little different. Let's put it that way. All right. Thanks, There's Chris, very much. Uh, Pat is on the line from Matawan, New Jersey. Hi. Hi, uh, good? Yeah. Good afternoon. I just spoke to your call screener, and I'm listening to you talk about the children that are used as shields now in perhaps shields in drug matters. Mm -hmm. I've not heard anybody speak about a little four-year-old girl from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, they had her drink all that stuff? Had her drink a half a bottle of whiskey, and they she they put her in the bathtub, and she was dead. And uh, the alcohol poisoning way beyond what an adult would be intoxicated with. That's sick. Uh, that is sick. That is uh, really really bad. I did see that. I did. It's one of those stories that was so sick. I just kind of okay. I'm not going there. I didn't click on it. I just oh gosh, you know. And I've. I tend to remember a similar story from a way back when. I don't know what's going on there, but that's that's uh, that's a real that's that's a nightmare. That's hell, Pat. That's hell. I'm a grandmother. I'm a grandmother of four, and I couldn't I couldn't even begin to even go in that field. And I can't imagine a grandmother and a mother just sitting there, just uh, forcing this little child. So I wanted to just bring it up to you and um, see if you wanted to put it out there. Well, it's out there. You just, I mean, uh, I don't know what else to do about it or say about it. It's uh, its horror. It's, it's, it's an absolute horror. I remember one story somebody said, and I remember when I was growing up, he said, drink it like a man. And it was a six-year-old kid. It was a story on Long Island. Drink it like a man. Can you believe that one? Uh, uh, there's a lot of Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff. A lot of it. Hey, yeah. all right. So, Thank look, tell me about Matawan. What's going on in Matawan today? 
not too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't tell you. Right. But kind of like low key. Um, All right. I, I am in an adult community, so I don't see too much going on. Adult community. That sounds like a uh, what kind of? What do you mean by that? Like over? Oh, like a retirement community? You're 55 and over, active. I have to throw that in there. Man. Active adult community. You can be so, 55. Um, 55. You can move into one of those things. That seems quite frankly too young. Well, it used to be 48. I remember when it was 48, and then they changed it to 55, but it's not without its problems. Uh, You sometimes have, I'm not saying here, it does include here, but all over. If you get the bottom feeders that move in, well, if they're grandparents or parents, because you have to be 18 and over. All right, all right. Well, take it up with the co-op board. I can't deal with it right now. I'm sorry. Pat, I appreciate it very much, uh, and I'm so sorry about that uh, thing in Louisiana. Good stuff, Pat. Thank you, thank you, thank you for... Uh, wait a second. I've got uh, Eddie on the phone in the Bronx. What's going on? Hey, how are you, Kelly? <clears throat> uh, uh, I want to talk about the comment that you made on Obama. Obama did everything right for himself. Mm-hmm. If you if you hear the speech on 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 Hawaii, he's talking about his kids. He's not talking about everybody's kids. So he's doing everything for himself. And he said one one time he said, "There's money in activism." This okay. morning in what? In in being an activist. I don't know. I can't no, tell what he, you're – are you – do you – so we agree. He's a selfish guy. Is that what you're saying? Yes, because – and then he's promoting activism from his point of view. So, therefore, you have all these activists acting like Obama. With the, with the, hope, with the hope of making it big someday financially. Uh, what? And have a nice gumbaya with his fat with their family. They're not talking about saving anything. They taking about preserving everything for themselves. Hey man, absolutely. Uh, this is the most greedy, selfish guy I've ever seen, and it's contagious. Black Lives Matter leadership. Uh, they're in the paper today, scamming uh, donors again. Virtuous donors, people who thought they were doing the right thing, but they were conned by this fake racial narrative. And, Eddie, I appreciate it. We're in the Bronx of you. Um, by Parchester. Well, very good. What do you do up there? I ride a taxi. You drive hey, one Let of- me tell you something. A lot of people have uh, over here in the Bronx, they're not thinking Democrats anymore. A lot of the Hispanics here are moving towards changing this whole freaking system here with this Democrats. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, Biden is now less popular with Hispanics than he is with uh, with white people, according to polls. Let me just ask you this. Do you drive one of the green cabs or the yellow cab? No, I drive a black car, a black car livery. Yeah. Uh, But not Uber, right? No. Well, very cool. Uh, I always like it when I'm trying to get a yellow cab and you guys pull over and uh, say, hey, do you want to ride? And sometimes we negotiate a fee. That happens, right? <laughs> yeah, but TLC is always on your back. I yeah. know, I know. But we know we can feel it when it's when it's doable. Thank you, Eddie. I'll be right back.
Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Hey, we're back. I haven't had my lunch yet. What's going on with that? I'm all, uh, that's okay. That's okay. Once again, uh, it's a new day in America. Uh, thank you very much to... Uh, Elon Musk. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, first, though, uh, Eric Adams uh, making a spectacle out of himself. What's he doing now? Just giving another speech, wearing another uh, brand new suit. Uh, look at me. I'm great. Look at me. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, this uh, suit really is nice. And he was on 60 Minutes. And this uh, this bluster, this kind of uh, foolishness will, I guess, take you far in America. Did you see 60 Minutes? Did you see it here? Listen to this. Here he is. Again, he's wearing a three-piece suit, and the vest is a is a double-breasted vest. It's ridiculous. Anyway, what did he say? We were so far in the wrong direction of really abusive policing in our city and country that people got so fed up that they turned the ship too far in the wrong direction. That's uh, actually not true. Um, what they did was they lied about policing. Eric, his mentor, Bill de Blasio, they lied about it. Now, most people didn't believe the lies. Eh, Some barely were paying attention, and they thought, well, maybe there's something to it because they're saying that the police are abusive and stop and frisk is bad. But they got to convince the hard left that comes out and votes in the Democrat primary. That's what they did. And they voted for a fiction, for nonsense, for a fantasy that the police were corrupt and racist and overdoing it. So I can go back and show you in November of 2013, actually all of 2013, it's a very interesting year. De Blasio declares for mayor in January of uh, 2013. Yeah, that's when he starts officially running. You know what came out in 2013? In January, the New York Times had a poll. The New York Times said the New York City Police Department has an approval rating of 75%. Ray Kelly, the commissioner, yes, my father, had an approval rating close to 80%. Blacks and Hispanics supporting Ray Kelly and the NYPD over 60%. Those are staggeringly high numbers. When's the last time you heard of uh, a president getting 75% of the vote? Huh? We had a peaceful city. We had a safe city. And what did de Blasio do? First, he pretended that the NYPD was broken. Then he pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And then he actually managed to break it. And the way this corrupt, silly, foolish system works, overwhelmingly Democrat town, a bunch of people, by the way, and this is on the electorate, too. You don't go out to vote. You're too busy getting high and watching Netflix and worrying about Trump 
to worry about your neighborhood. And he gets reelected. Bill de Blasio, perhaps the worst mayor in the history of mayors. He gets reelected with about 80% of the freaking vote. But remember, no one's really voting. Voter turnout was lower than at any point since World War I. World War I. So you can lie. You can live in your own reality, as clearly de Blasio was. And you can choose your successor. Yeah, this was uh, somehow forgotten or overlooked by the media. But Eric Adams was uh, the pick of de Blasio. So people weren't complaining about it, but political hacks like you, Eric Adams, and Bill de Blasio saw it as a way to achieve power by lying about police, by lying about law enforcement. You stupid nitwit. Look at the havoc that you have wrought. You and your patron, Bill de Blasio, and the other socialist, Charlene, Charlene, and talk about an indictment waiting to happen in a in a fair and just society, those guys are running around free and they're hassling Donald Trump. <laughs> From what I hear, de Blasio has access to a billion dollars. The guy who's actually a billionaire, though, Donald Trump, they're still hassling him. What else happened in this silly 60 Minutes thing? And they're giving him the white glove treatment, aren't they? Go ahead. You know, there's a great moment here. A bend in the road is not the end of the road. Just make the turn. Oh, Wow. Did you hear that? A bend in the road is not the end of the road. Praise Jesus. What the hell kind of gimmick? Who do you think we are? You think we're a bunch of fourth graders, don't you? You think we're children, don't you? You know, this, where is, is he actually a New Yorker? That is so stupid and canned and cheesy. It doesn't, it doesn't even seem like he's from here. Who tries a line like that? What's next? Listen, there are 8.8 million people in this city. 30 million opinions, but there's one mayor that's going to make the decisions. Oh, wow. Talk about high on his own supply. Hey, what do these, what do these say? 8.1 mil, 8. million, okay? 30 million opinions. Here's something he left out. How many people voted for Eric? How many people voted for Eric? 200,000. 200,000. A broken system. A corrupt system. And by the way, you have the primary on a Tuesday in late June. Hmm? Whatever happened to our September primary, huh? Whatever happened all summer long, right? They snuck them in. They snuck them in. I'm getting really frustrated here. Let me hear the rest. So what is swagger? It's, you know, feeling as though you've overcome so much that you can overcome whatever is in front of you. Um, no, it's arrogance, Eric. And you'd like to say you dress with swagger. Uh, you overdo it. You overdo it. You look like a fop. Look it up, Eric. Look up the word. You're foppish. Okay. You're a silly dandy. (laughs) Uh, and this is so beneath what New York City deserves. So beneath what New York City is accustomed to, actually. Now forget de Blasio. But we had giants running New York City for a long time. And now we have piss ants. Piss ants. I like that word. He's a piss ant. Did he say anything else? Do I have to do this? It's actually kind of amusing. How bad it is. All right, one more? Go ahead. 
what words come up when I talk about some former mayors. Oh, this David is stupid. Dinkins. This is dumb. He, he's, he's, he sucks up to everybody, including and especially Mike Bloomberg. And including it. And Mike, for whatever reason, is writing this guy all kinds of checks. I don't know. You know, he, uh, quite frankly, craps all over your legacy. And uh, you're, you're sucking up to this guy, Mike Bloomberg. What the hell's up with that? And Mike Bloomberg did a lot of good things as mayor. And he's done a lot of stupid things. And he said a lot of stupid things since he left that job. I like the guy. I think he's a good man. I think he's got a great talent. I think he's got a big heart. But I can't figure him out for the life of me. When he apologized for stop and frisk, it was such an emotional um, kind of catch up. Ah, The New York Times doesn't like me anymore. Ah." And he was finished. He was finished. Who the hell knows? He could have run for it. Maybe he uh, he could have pulled it off. He had to be more like Trump. Remember what Elizabeth Warden Warren murdered him on stage? That was uh, that was something else. All right, real quick, Lois in uh, Pennsylvania. Hi. Yes. Oh shoot, what's going on, Lois? Hold on. Still says she's on hold. All right, skip Lois. Let's go to Lee in Philadelphia. Hi, Lee. Hi, Greg. How are you? Fine. What's going on? I understand you want to talk about Dr. Oz. It better be in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first, I want to say I really enjoy the show because you're smart and sassy. <laughs> I like that. Thank you so much. Uh, what else? Okay. I went to the campaign event last Thursday with Drs. Oz and Ben Carson, and uh, Dr. Carson kicked it off by saying that the uh, establishment is trying to paint Dr. Oz as a rhino, and uh, the same thing happened to him, and that when he was campaigning for president in 16, uh, it was Ted Cruz's campaign that put out the rumor that he was dropping out, and that killed his campaign. So he's trying to help Dr. Oz navigate all the backstabbing. Anyway, um, they went on about uh, mail vote fraud was, the, was what put Biden into office. And uh, the only way to combat that is to volunteer at the polls. And also something that the establishment in Pennsylvania will be trying to use against Dr. Oz very shortly is the fact that he holds dual citizenship with Turkey. And he went on and explained that that's because he has a disabled sister for whom he serves as the guardian. And he said that if he's elected, he would actually rescind his Turkish citizenship. And we tried to persuade him that that's really not necessary because that's your family. But uh, that's what he plans to do. And uh, the establishment seems to be backing a guy called McCormick. And all of a sudden, I'm getting emails from McCormick comparing him, excuse me, comparing himself with Oz and that he's the true conservative, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's no so contest. It's-, it's no contest, as you know. And thank you for telling us about Dr. Ben Carson. Yeah, you're right. Ted Cruz really screwed him in Iowa and uh, uh, kind of stifled the vote, suppressed the vote for him. So uh, interesting about now. Here's why. Also, I believe he'll rescind his citizenship with Turkey because and by the way, I know lots of people who have dual citizenship. I think my wife has dual citizenship with Australia. I know people who have dual citizenship with Ireland. It's fine. I would take it if I could. I would love to be a dual citizen somewhere. I'd do it. It doesn't make me less American. 
But anyway, uh, oh, I know why he wants to rescind it. I think you have to in order to get classified briefings. And as a member of the U.S. Senate, he would be eligible to receive classified secret you know, reports and data from the CIA and others. And I don't think you're eligible for it if you are of dual nationality. Does that make sense? Uh, that could be. You could be considered a risk, I guess. Uh, well, I, there's just a prohibition. There's a law. There's a regulation about it. So, hey, Lee, thank you right. so much. Uh, anything uh, else? Thing, yeah. Greg, one more thing. I, I like when you talk about Mayor Superfly or Mayor Huggy Bear. <laughs> yeah, right? You get a kick out of them. And, you know, sometimes they tell me, like, you know, hey, people across the country don't want to hear about Eric Adams. I think people actually like hearing about New York across the country. I mean, Seinfeld was a really popular show, right? And that was a very New York Absolutely. show. Yeah. yeah, but he reminds me of a, a character out of, out of one of those 1970s black exploitation films. Well, there was Huggy Bear, of course, and uh, yeah, no, there's something he just overdoes it. He does. He, he's doing it on purpose. It's a shtick, and uh, but that's all he's got: shtick, gimmicks, yeah, it takes and people's attention off the issues. Well, it's it's not working, and people are finally waking up. I was telling them last summer, don't do it. This guy's a fool. He doesn't have anything going for him other than the shtick, and now the shtick is uh, worn thin. Uh, Lee, I thank you so much. Smart and sassy. I love it. Uh, you too, by the way. I got to go. I'll be back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, mm, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, a little devilish laugh here. I look. Um, hmm, how do I uh, go about this? Uh, let me think. Um, I'm pretty sure Jill Biden and Joe uh, met uh, at least when Jill was married to somebody else, and they were hot and heavy uh, before you know everybody was single. Uh, now. What difference does that make? Well, um, in a way, it doesn't. And, you know, nobody's perfect. And, you know, Ronald Reagan was divorced, and divorce is a real thing, and it happens. And when there's divorce, a big chunk of the time, there's infidelity and human beings and all that stuff. And I don't think anything that is done can't be forgiven. If you repent and ask for forgiveness, there's, you know, there's a way. But, but it does give you a little bit of a window into, uh, well, I'm sorry. He's a he's a serial liar. Um, anybody need a quick refresher on on how much of a liar Joe is? Before I go into his personal life, let's get him at a campaign event where everything you're about to hear, he's lying. Every single thing he says in the following uh, like 45 seconds is not true. Now it's in 1987. Hotshot Joe Biden thinks he should be president. He thinks he should succeed Ronald Reagan. He's running as a Democrat for president. He's about 45 years old. Okay, he's been in the Senate now for 15 years. And listen to this arrogance. And remember, he's arrogant, which is really crazy because he's arrogant about things that are not true. Okay, ready? Cut 44. What law school did you attend and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly, I, I think we I, I think I probably Reagan. have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. 
I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Okay, everything there, everything, everything he just said was not true. Everything. No three degrees. No 165 degrees. Hey, you want to hear? Uh, let's go to the media at the time. You're going to hear some people like Sam Donaldson, Mort Kondracki, real heavyweights at the time saying everything you just heard is uh, not true. Next clip, please. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. His memory had failed him. I still remember the one degree I barely got from college. Okay, I don't go around saying I got three degrees. Oh, my memory failed me. I got three degrees, not one. I mean, I got one degree, not threes. (laughs) His memory had failed him. Okay, you know whose memory fails her? Uh, This is where I feel a little bit, I don't know. Am I being a jerk? Ah, Sorry. Maybe I am being a little jerky, but... uh, Jill Biden, you deserve it. Uh, The so-called first lady, right? Here she is telling Piers Morgan a while back about uh, meeting Joe and their first date. Okay, go ahead. This is fascinated by this story that he basically got his eyes on you when he saw a picture of you in an advertisement. Is this true? Well, part of it is true. I had met him uh, once before and um, but we were in a crowd and it was at a fundraiser and um, so then I guess he saw my picture somewhere and he said, oh, now that's the kind of girl I'd like to date. And I knew his brother. So his brother said, oh, I know her because I was in college at the time with and his brother was there. And so uh, Frank called me and uh, or got my number and Joe called and said, you know, this is Joe Biden. And um, would you like to go out? And uh, where was your first date? We went to Philadelphia to the movies. Do you remember the film? No, I don't. No, I don't. Did you pick up the part where she's in college and Joe's a senator? Okay, there's that. Uh, Wait, she met Joe once before, but it was a very brief. It was a crowd. It was a fundraiser. Uh, How many fundraisers have you been to for an incumbent United States senator? I've been to zero, okay? And I've, you know, I've never been to one. But Jill's been to one, and she meets the senator. And uh, he wants to date her. In picture form, but not in person. There's something odd about this. And what about not knowing the movie? Not knowing the movie. I know the movie my parents went to on their first date. Eight years before I was born. Uh, It was Psycho, by the way. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. And they, uh, they went to a movie theater in Hempstead, Long Island. The Calderon at the time. They drove up from Island Park. And the legend has it. After the movie, my dad reached for her hand, and ever since, he's never let go. Isn't that nice? Anyway, so she doesn't know the name of the movie. Now, there's a new big book about her called Jill Biden, Portrait of a First Lady. And it is like, oh, my gosh. It's a I love you, Jill Biden uh, uh, love letter from the head of the Associated Press. 
All right, it's a real, it's a real fake news kiss-up job. Somehow they found out the name of the movie in there. Now, in the book, the name of the movie, the movie is A Man and a Woman. A Man and a Woman. Now, I've seen that movie on uh, a long time ago. It was on TV. It's a French movie. It's kind of hot, hot and heavy. Here's the thing about that movie. It came out in 1966. Their first date was in 1975. I, I'm sorry, but, you know, this, this this story, there are holes in it, and she doesn't remember. And she's pretty snippy when she said she didn't remember, huh? Hey, look, again, nobody's perfect and all kinds of, you know what I mean? We all have scars. We all have made mistakes. We've all been through stuff. But it's the way they portray themselves, huh? And, uh, oh, I noticed this in the book about Jill Biden. Barely a mention of her very nice guy, first husband, Bill Stevenson. And when we come back, I'll tell you what Bill says about Joe Biden stealing his wife while they were still married. How about that? Huh? Joe. 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 What are we going to do about this guy? Impeach him. Not for that, but for the other things like not living up to his oath of office at the border. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. All right. Uh, where were we? I know. I'm, am I nitpicking into the personal life of Joe Biden and Jill? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. But I'm sorry. Uh, they put themselves out there, and I think they deserve it. If they only said, they could have alluded to uh, a little bit of overlap with the previous relationship. No, no, no. They couldn't do that. They couldn't do that. They could not admit human failings, human frailty. We all have it. It's it's okay. But nope, they had to come up with a cockamamie story. So let's listen to uh, Jill Biden's first husband, a guy named Bill. Very nice guy. And by the way, in this book, they take a nasty shot at him. They take a, they, oh, he had tax problems. He had this, he had that. They put all of his dirty laundry in there, but they didn't put any of Jill's. And they didn't put any of Joe's. Uh, let's see here. Here's Bill Stevenson again, the first wife of Jill talking about how Joe stole his wife, cut 42. So you were friends with Joe Biden? Oh, yeah. Right before the election in 72, Jill, Joe, Neelia, and I were in his kitchen. How do you forget that? Stevenson says his first inkling something was up came when Jill refused to go with him to meet Bruce Springsteen, who was booked to appear at the Stone Balloon. He said, uh, Jill asked me to keep an eye on the boys. And I just thought to the back of my mind, hmm. One day, he says a man came into his bar and asked him to pay damages for a fender bender that involved Jill. He looks at me and he says, oh, she wasn't driving. I said, her beloved Corvette, she wasn't driving it? He goes, Senator Biden was driving it. And I went, what? Yeah. Imagine that. Senator, a senator, the sitting U.S. senator driving your wife in your car. I mean, gee whiz. 
So um, uh, Bill throws her out, and then they have to come up with a story, a politically palatable story. And what is that politically palatable story? Can I hear it again? Does, does it does it make a little bit more sense? Her curtness, her the vagaries, uh, the uh, not knowing the movie. Cut forty one. Fascinated by this story that he basically got his eyes on you when he saw a picture of you in an advertisement. Is this true? Well, part of it is true. I had met him uh, once before, and um, but we were in a crowd and it was at a fundraiser and. Um, so then I guess he saw my picture somewhere and he said, oh, now that's the kind of girl I'd like to date. And I knew his brother. So his brother said, oh, I know her because I was in college at the time with and his brother was there. And so uh, Frank called me and uh, or got my number and Joe called and said, you know, this is Joe Biden. And um, would you like to go out? And uh, where was your first date? We went to Philadelphia to the movies. Do you remember the film? No, I don't. That's the one little detail they didn't get straightened out, is it, huh? And Frank Biden, the brother, the, ever the fixer. Oh, you want her? I'll get her for you. I'll, hear you. I'll get the number. Huh? Mm, bad news. Bad news all around. I like this guy, Bill Stevenson. Now, this book, why am I talking about this? There's a new book out about Jill Biden. Jill Biden, a biography of a first lady. And talk about a fake news, whitewash, uh, uh, I love you, Jill, Democrat fake news project by Julie Pace, who is the Associated Press something or other. Oh, oh, she's friends with Chris Wallace. Listen to Chris introduce Julie Pace, author of the fake news new biography about Jill Biden. Cut 43. Julie Pace making her first appearance here in her big new job as executive editor for the entire whole worldwide Associated Press. Oh, 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 whoa, worldwide Associated Press. Wow, she's she's got that job in journalism. Yes, she can't remember Bill Stevenson on Inside Edition. I saw it. She didn't see it. Why didn't she put that in the book? All she did was read the other books. She read Joe Biden's phony book. She read Jill Biden's phony book, and she quotes it and makes another book. A lot of people, when they write books, they don't give a damn. Uh, I happen to give a damn. All right, so that's not arguably that important. Here's something that is important, though. And it does have something to do with keeping your word, being honest, and living up to your commitments. Joe Biden took an oath of office to support and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic, right? And in the Constitution, under Article 4, it specifically talks, excuse me, about defending this country and protecting it from invasion. Well, he's obviously blowing that off because he wants them to come. This negligence we're seeing, this willful negligence, letting them in, letting them all come in, and then shipping them all over the country, all over the country on special planes at night. They want the votes. They want the labor. I, 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 fully, I don't fully understand what's going on, but it's going on. The thing is, it is against his oath of office. Now, the other day, you may have heard a 22-year-old National Guardsman by the name of Bishop Evans jumped in the Rio Grande because somebody was drowning. And he wound up losing his life. Bishop Evans, a 22-year-old. And it got to thinking, yeah, the president takes an oath of office, and so do soldiers. And it's actually very similar to the presidential oath. Very similar. I did something last night. I, I went back and forth between the two oaths the ones the soldiers take and the ones that the president takes. Now, 
You'll understand. I'm going to play it here. You'll hear the part where Joe is taking the oath of office. And then we switch back and forth between that and a room full of soldiers getting sworn in on their first day of military service. Very similar oath. Uh, First cut, 37. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, state your name. I, do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. That I'll support and defend. That I'll support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic. Will to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And then I will obey the orders. And I will obey the orders of the President of the United States. Of the President of the United States. And the orders. And the orders of the officers appointed over me. Of the officers appointed over me. According to regulations. According to regulations. And the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me God. So help me God. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. Interesting, right? Very similar um, uh, promises to the country. A 22-year-old young man from Texas lived up to his promise. Joe Biden is not living up to the sacred oath, the one he took. Hmm? It's kind of fascinating, and it's kind of sad. It's very sad, actually. And it's very sad that this young man lost his life. It was also very moving and beautiful, actually the reverence and the care when his body was recovered and was loaded onto the, uh, I guess, the hearse, the ambulance, and everyone was saluting and there's a flag draped and just very sad, but again, moving and beautiful at the same time. Uh, isn't that something? And now, not only is Joe, you know, Joe can't hack it. Do you think his team can hack it? You see, he sent Tony over, Tony Blinken. Tony, Tony, what is that from the Honeymooners? Tony, who's Tony? I'm Tony, Mr. Amico. Anyway, uh, Tony Blinken, I'm talking about the Secretary of State. Is this the guy who walks in? If if he were taking over your company and he talked like this, you'd probably breathe a sigh of relief. Like I'm not going to be losing my job anytime. So uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not afraid of this guy. Uh, Cut 38, please. All of us together are continuing to take steps to increase the pressure uh, on Russia through uh, additional sanctions, all of which are very actively under discussion. If he's unwilling to stop the aggression, uh, we're going to do them. So we will look at each and every one, decide together with uh, our allies and partners what's most effective, uh, when we should do it, and uh, we'll proceed proceed in that way. Excuse me? What? What? Is that leadership? Is anybody going to listen? You're going to put everybody to sleep. And I'm sorry, you could say, well, that's not very substantive, Greg. Why are you so about stuff? It's a ha- 90% of it. 90% of it is the energy. Is the- we're, we're animals, by the way. We are. We're humans. We're divine, uh, divinely inspired, but we're animals. And a guy like that ain't going to get the job done. You know what's going to get the job done? If... Kim Jong-un, little rocket man, messes with those missiles and Guam, he's in big trouble. There will be so much fire and fury. I call it fire and fury, Greg, 
because there will be so much of it, and I will put it on that Kim Jong-un's head, who's a smart cookie, by the way. I actually like him, but if he does this, he's in big trouble, and he will regret it. He will regret it, Greg. And I will have the most beautiful chocolate cake as I press the button, and I will annihilate that country if they mess with the USA. It's as simple as that. All right, so that gets the job done. Uh, Tony? No, not so much. And we will do this, and then we will call NATO, and then I, we will ask for permission. And then, so he's over there trying to straighten out this situation with you. It ain't going to work. And his wingman, Secretary of Defense uh, Lloyd Austin, is no better. In fact, he might even be worse. Uh, here he is after we lost in Afghanistan. Here's Lloyd Austin trying to, uh, I don't know what he's doing here, but he's not, <laughs> he's not, he's not inspiring or fixing much of anything. Cut 40. We intend to send forces outside of, uh, of the airfield to, uh, to collect up uh, uh, American citizens or Afghans. Uh, but we will continue to uh, coordinate and deconflict uh, with, uh, with the Taliban. Of course, uh, you know, we, we also did, uh, were in support of the, uh, of the uh, state-led um, SIV, proce- SIV applicant process. What the hell is he talking about? Where's Casper Weinberger when you need him, huh? Secretary of Defense under Ronald Reagan. Now that guy was a warrior. Who's a, we haven't had actually that many great secretaries of defense. I, I, I can't say Robert McNamara. He was a tough guy, but a little bit too cold and analytical and weird. Uh, who was a good secretary of defense? I'm not going to say Rumsfeld. No way. You can have that guy. Rest in peace, uh, Rummy. But, man, oh, man, he was a disaster. High on his own supply. Uh, let's see. Who else was there? Who came after him? Oh, uh, Bob Gates was pretty good. Bob Gates, who served under W. and Obama. Uh, I think I could actually be a pretty good Secretary of State. I don't, quite frankly. I can say right now I don't have the management experience to do it. But I think think I could do it. I actually think I could do the job. I definitely could be an assistant secretary of defense. And I thought about that job. Maybe in Trump too, I'll give him a call. Maybe. I don't know. It's such a pain in the neck. Then you got to, you know, you got to go through 17 different investigations and then they want to, and then you get no money. And then uh, the moment you park in somebody else's parking spot, you know, there's an investigation. It's just a big pain. in the neck. No, I'm not going to do that. I changed my mind. Lois in Pennsylvania. Yes. You. All right. What's happening? Oh, good. You can hear me this time. Thank you. Good. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the election in Pennsylvania. Yeah. You like Dr. Oz, right? No. <laughs> I'm a fan of Kathy Barnett. Kevin, terminate the call, please. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. You, you can speak. Listen, <laughs> I, I saw Kathy Barnett yeah. last night. I'm sorry. Look. She ran for something before. She lost by, like, 50 points. She has a lot of promise. But as I said online, I think she's not ready. She is not ready. She's a nice person, and it's refreshing, her brand of republicanism. But she's just not there yet. I'm sorry. She is a sacrificial lamb. She would lose to Fetterman. Absolutely, Lois. I'm telling you, you got to go with somebody who will win. And that's not this Barnett person. But it's not Oz. I mean, Oz could win, but he's he is not 
a conservative. Well, wait a second. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, if you watch Donald Trump over the years, you could say the same thing. You could say the exact same thing about Donald Trump. Over the years, he's been pro-choice. Over the years, he's been uh, pro-Oprah. Over the years, he's been... Are you kidding me? He gave money to Hillary. Look, it's fine, by the way. He was a builder. He had to be friends with everybody. And pro-choice, by the way, that's a big one. That is a big one. Look, do you know that I was a Democrat at one point? Hey, listen to me. Lois, Lois, Lois. I was a Democrat at one point, okay? I mean, you know, people do change. Career politicians are always trying to figure out what other people want. Hey, Lois, you can obviously vote wherever you want, but you just said that Oz can win. And you got to think long and hard about that. And you know the commitments that Oz has made publicly now. You know, he wears MAGA proudly. The fake news hates him. The fake news hates him. You know that, right? Okay, well, let me speak. The first interview, okay, and I, I was a little positive towards him. And the, until he said, they said, well, who are you going to ask for advice from if you win? He didn't say Trump. He said Oprah. I'm sorry. She has nothing to say about my All right. Now, hold on a second. All right. I will show, I think you might be getting your stories confused because Donald Trump, on the day he – and by the way, I love Trump. I love his policies. I love his style. And unlike virtually anybody in the world, Lois, I said he would win on day one. And you know what he said on day one? Do you know this? Lois, I'll play it for you tonight on my Newsmax show. He said he would consider Oprah as his running mate. So you say Oz said something nice about Oprah during that first interview. Donald Trump did it June 16th, 2015. You can look it up by watching my news show tonight on Newsmax. I'll play it for you, Lois, in Pennsylvania. I'm going to play it for you. Will you watch? Okay. Will you watch for me? Yeah, I'll watch. All right. And I want you to keep an open mind on this. I'm telling you. He's the right guy for this. He can beat Fetterman. And, yes, he has evolved. He has changed, as have I. Believe me. You know, life has to happen to you a bit. Things happen, you know, and your views change. Unlike career politicians who just try to figure out what you want to hear and tell you. All right, Lois, I got to go. Watch tonight, 7 o'clock, Newsmax. I'll be back. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. I told you one other thing about the uh, Senate race there, the Senate race. And this is for you, Lois, in Pennsylvania. Another thing, they insist on calling Dr. Raz Mr. at the debate, which I find just disgusting, so disrespectful. Those silly anchormen and women, you know, who all they know about is, for the most part, there are some exceptions, but most of them can just talk about hairspray and makeup and... Uh, you know, unbuttoning the jacket or buttoning the jacket. Anchor heads. They're anchor heads. <laughs> you know who told me that? Uh, Rosanna Scott, of all people. She gave me the, uh, she, she, that's a term, anchor head. It's, it's, I've never heard it before, but we were talking about somebody at another channel. Uh, I don't want to give any, uh, I don't want to give anything away. So I'll just say the initials NBC. Uh, and we said somebody who worked there was a bit of an anchor head. And uh, it was a morning man. Uh, or woman, I just, I, I don't want to say, it. it was from the Today Show. And I really shouldn't say anything else, but, and I won't, I won't, I won't. But we were talking about somebody who was an anchorhead. And actually, oh, shoot, no, I got the network wrong. It wasn't NBC. Oh, no, what was it? 
Uh, was it fun? Oh, shoot. All right, never mind. Uh, forget it. That never happened. Uh, never. Ha- All right, I take, I take that story back. Uh, what was the other thing I was supposed to do right now? Uh, oh, Dr. Roz uh, was at the debate. And uh, do me a favor. Let me hear a little bit of last night. The last night debate, I thought he did great. Go ahead. Dishonest Dave is at it again. He went groveling to President Trump with, again, these types of allegations. President Trump saw right through him, did not endorse him. And then he endorsed me because, as he said in his announcement, which he wrote himself, I know exactly how to manage our energy issues and deal with many of the other factors that we as a nation have to be strong and bold on. Let me speak to the specific answer. As a professor, a scientist, and someone who understands a little bit about the actual energy infrastructure, there is no way the Green New Deal is going to provide us what the Democrats promised. It's a lie. It's a false narrative like so much of what they said about COVID. And so if you look at the architects of the Green New Deal, you'll realize that that's why they're shutting down. All right, I love it. He's on fire. Let me hear a little bit more. Under our feet here in Pennsylvania, natural gas that could power the entire country for 200 years. They will provide well-paying jobs here in Pennsylvania. And I'll give you a stat. If we take our natural gas and ship it overseas to replace what they're currently using, it will be the equivalent of electrifying every vehicle in America, plus a solar panel on every one of your roofs, plus doubling wind energy all together every year for 30 years. All right. That's progress. All right. That silly bell. They had a silly bell. I mean, they're spending tens of millions of dollars, and they get some bicycle bell for the debate. Uh, all right, I'm almost done. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is standing by. i got to go across the street. Let's get your calls real quick. Uh, uh, Annette in Brooklyn. Yes, hi. Hey, Greg. Um, your comments are spot on about Barack Obama. Mm. He was a black man holding the most power in the world. Who could have made a clandestine meeting with the gangs in Chicago? And he didn't do it because he didn't give a crap about black people. He cared about enriching himself. He cared only about his family. And it's, it's, it's just so sad. It's just so sad. But you know what I have to say about you? Keep on telling the truth. Keep on exposing the lies. And you know what? I think a lot of us would be better off for it because eventually there will be many who will eventually Turn to your pro uh, WABC, or at least listen to you, and turn this their 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 thoughts around about this nation. We are not a systemic racist nation. And you know, I'm going to end it with the with this: that those who have eyes to see, they cannot see. They won't see. Wow, Annette, thank you so much for your appreciation. You're inspiring me all over again. And, uh, well, thank you. Thank you for your kind words. And I'll keep at it. Please keep listening, Annette. Thank you very much. And keep in touch. Good stuff. I would love to wrap up there, but I I just can't do it because Anthony's been on hold for an hour. And i got to take care of Anthony real quick. Hi, Anthony. What's up? Hi, Greg. Thanks so much for taking my call. Hey, you're talking about doctors, and in particular today, I believe his uh, doctor, uh, he invented the vaccine for polio, Jonas Salk. He's a real doctor, Ph.D., unlike so many others, especially Martin Luther King. That is stolen valor. Her name, his name was Michael King. The father took a great man who started the Reformation to get uh, creed as a great reverend. All right, hold on. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Martin Luther King has a Ph.D. You're saying he doesn't have a Ph.D.? Yeah, 
Yes, he does. Absolutely. Right. Not, right. not disputing PhD. His name, he took the name Martin Luther from the great Reverend Martin Luther, who started the Reformation. Yeah, so? And he, the father stole the name. Well, and it's uh, people, stolen valor. I, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if that's stolen valor. I wouldn't call that stolen valor. Stolen valor really applies to military rank and stuff like that. And I think uh, if you want to, if you want to change your name, it's a free country. You can do that, don't you think? But, but why would you change your name to where the point where everyone knows who Martin Luther was? Yeah, I is? once changed my name. You see, it'd be like me. No, I changed my name once. Uh, I mean, Malcolm, I the guy who invented the trailer a container, Malcolm. Uh, you you know what my Malcolm. name was for a while? Uh, for six name? months. For six months in two thousand one, I was Max Power. I wanted the new TV name. I wanted the name that really, you know, grabbed you by the ass. You know, Max Power. Um, but it, my parents got upset, and I changed it back. It was a real hassle, by the way, in terms of uh, paperwork. I'll see you guys tonight at seven o'clock, and back here tomorrow.